Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Is lifting weights dangerous? This is a topic that could go on until the end of time, but today I wanna try and give you the answer within 20 or 30 minutes. And I'm gonna make the argument that lifting weights can be dangerous, but it can also be a very safe activity and part of your training routine if you do it the right way. So I wanna begin this podcast episode by giving you a couple quotes. And these are quotes which I've heard for a number of years and I get a bit of a giggle out of because I've heard them so many times, but I also understand the context of the quote itself. So the first quote, if you think lifting weights is dangerous, try being weak. Being weak is dangerous. That one is from Brett Contreras. Basically what he's indicating is that having no strength can actually be a liability and an issue for your body. If your body does not have the strength to cope with the rigors of day-to-day life or allow you to effectively stabilize your body, then that is highly dangerous to you. The next one we have um, is about squats. If everybody, or if, if you've ever been told squats are bad for your knees, this will hopefully dismantle it. Squats aren't bad for your knees. How you squat is. So I've talked about this before, the different variations and progressions of squats. It's very easy to use a blanket statement and for somebody to just say, oh, I injured my knees doing squats, so therefore squats are bad. Well, what about the rest of us 7 billion people who haven't had issues from doing squats? Should we all discount the squat because you had an injury which could have been avoided by using better technique? Hmm. And then this one kind of segues into my last one. This is from Louis Simmons. He is, uh, he created Westside Barber, which was at one point in time the strongest gym in the world. If you want to have a bit of a look about Westside, um, check out Netflix. I think it might still be on there. There's a film called Westside vs. the World. It's a fucking awesome movie. I highly recommend you look at it. It will also give you an understanding of what strong is. Like some of the strongest humans on the planet have trained at that facility. But Louis goes on to say, don't have a 10 cent squat with $100 shoes. And I love this because Louis doesn't sugarcoat his words. Louis just calls it as it is. And I, I think this is awesome. I think the world needs more of that. And this is why I created my podcast is to give you guys a slither of truth in an otherwise sugarcoated society. If you go into any commercial gym, you will see people who are highly doled and dressed up and think they're going out to, for a fucking gala dinner or something. They're just, they've got bright colored shoes. They've got highly decorated and glittery fucking shirts and the latest and greatest this, that, and the other. $100 bags. They've got all the gear and they've got no idea. This is what people actually have. They have a really poor ability and understanding of their body. Can't understand how to move well. So, for example, this is what Louis is talking about. You got $100 or $200 or even more expensive shoes and your squat looks like shit. Again, it's not the exercise itself, it's the execution of that exercise. So this is where we're gonna be very, very careful about the distinction of these words. Is lifting weights dangerous? 
Well, yes and no. Is driving a car dangerous? Again, it's about context, yes and no. If you give the keys to your car to somebody who has never driven a car in their life and maybe can't even reach the pedals, do you think that's gonna be dangerous? I do. What about if you give somebody who has 30 years of experience behind the wheel a set of car keys? I'd feel pretty confident that that person would know what they're doing and would be able to navigate around the streets with confidence and with safety because they're aware of the road rules and they can actually reach the pedals as well, which is always uh, always quite useful. So this is what we're gonna look at. The context of what we're actually trying to establish. Is lifting weights dangerous? I wanna preface this by saying there are no bad exercises. Only bad exercise selection and bad technique. So think back to episode number 29. The right tool for the right person at the right time. If you haven't listened to it, go back episode 29, wrap your ears around the information within. And this is where, as a coach, I have evolved a lot over the years. I have, you know, I've gone from one style of training to another, and then I've learned something new, and I've incorporated different strategies and principles and lifting technique and coaching cues to get the most out of my clients and help them towards their goals. If I know, for example, somebody is struggling with overhead mobility, like they just can't press overhead safely, then right now, a vertical press, an overhead press, might not be the best fit for that person. So it's not having a blanket statement of saying, the shoulder press is a bad exercise. Well, it's for that person, yeah, it probably is. They don't have enough shoulder flexion to get their arm overhead without their body compensating. So maybe for that particular individual, maybe a better exercise would be something like a landmine press, where you attach a barbell to a sleeve and you press on a diagonal, you are pressing on an angle. It's not directly overhead, so it's, it's, it's an in-between. It's not a horizontal press like a bench press or a dumbbell chest press or a push-up, but it's not a vertical press where we're pressing straight up overhead. It's on an angle, that's what a landmine press is. So we're still working the shoulders, we're working the triceps, and we also get a little bit of an anti-rotation uh, and an anti-side bending component as well because we're working one arm at a time. So that's probably a great exercise for somebody. Okay, lifting weights, it's like anything that you do in life. It can be great. It can be a tool used for great things when done correctly. But it can also go horribly wrong if you don't know what you're doing. Or if you are an egotistical dickhead and you do things which are beyond your capability. If you don't know what that looks like, type into the Google machine. Just search gym fails. And you'll see what I mean. You'll see people doing highly ludicrous and dumb shit in the gym, which they probably shouldn't be doing, and they end up injuring themselves really badly. Okay, moving on. When you are lifting weights, the goal is first and foremost on correct technique. And I will hammer this point until the cows come home, until I am blue in the face, because it is that fucking important. Every single day, people are going to the gym and they're just going through the motions. They just rock up, do some little arm circles, do a couple bicep curls, and then off you go. You haven't prepared your body correctly to start with. But what I want you to do is I want you to think about this from a systematic standpoint. Step one, step two, step three, step four, and so forth. 
I want you to learn the exercise from the ground up. First and foremost, what is the exercise called? So maybe you look at something and you're like, oh yeah, I've done those before. And then if I ask you, what's that called? Um, I don't know. Just, I don't know, it looks like, I don't know, a knee bend. Like I always joke to clients, we're gonna do some knee bends now, so squats. Yes, we are bending at the knees and the hips, but it actually has a name. It has a technical name. It's called a squat. So what is the exercise called? Secondly, what are we, uh, what are we moving? Which joints are involved? So if we're doing, uh, let's go back to a, a, I'll use something different as, a, as an example. Let's say it's a push-up. Let's say we're doing a push-up. What joints are moving? Which joints should be involved during the execution of a push-up? Well, the push-up is a moving plank. So the torso, we actually don't want to move. At the hips, the pelvis, and the lower back, we don't want to move. Your hands are in contact with the floor. And as you go down to the bottom of the push-up, we can see there's joints moving. The wrist is moving gradually, just a little bit. The elbow is flexing, it is bending, and the shoulder is moving as well. And we have a little bit of stuff happening at the scapula as well around the shoulder blades. So those are the joints which are moving. Based upon that information, you should be able to understand which muscles are involved. Okay, I'm bending my arm, and then I have to straighten my arm. Which muscles are involved in straightening of the arm? Well, we have triceps, elbow extension. We have movement at the shoulder as well. So yeah, the shoulders are involved, the deltoids, yes. And also the pecs. And in order for you to maintain the plank position, you actually are working your core. So the muscles of the midsection are involved to prevent movement at your midsection and torso. So if it's a push-up, we know it's called a push-up. The wrist, the elbow, and the shoulder joint are moving. We are strengthening the chest muscles, the shoulder muscles, the triceps, and the core. Once we understand that, let's figure out. Okay, Harold, why are you doing a push-up? What is the purpose of you doing a push-up? Oh, I have no idea. Well, that might be a good place to start then. If we're working on doing a specific exercise, you need to have an understanding of why it's in your program. So why would, what are the benefits of doing a push-up? Well, first of all, it would give you a decent amount of relative strength. So that is your strength in relation to your body weight. So having the ability to control your body is a fundamental thing that we need to work on. There's no point you being able to lift all of these heavy weights if you can't handle and maneuver your own body and have control of it in different movement patterns. Fair to, fair to say? I think so. So we're doing it to develop your overall strength, but also to improve your body awareness. We are doing this to work one of our four movement patterns, push, pull, hinge, squat. So that goes in our push category. Cool, so we've done our push, we've worked our upper body, we've worked the chest, the shoulders, the triceps. That means we need to balance out the next movement by doing a pull, working the opposing muscle groups. Ah, it's all starting to come together now. I understand why it is in my program and how it actually fits in the larger scheme of things. Awesome. Now, how do you do it? It's important you understand why you're doing something. Once you understand why it's in your program, then you can work on actually executing it. And this is where a lot of people, they jump the gun. 
They just start doing without actually understanding why it's in the program in the first place. How do you do it? Well, my recommendation and the way that I coach the push-up is your hands go directly underneath your shoulders, but slightly wider. And the reason they go slightly wider is so that you can create what is called torque, T-O-R-Q-U-E, not torque as in T-A-L-K, using your mouth like I'm doing now. Torque is rotational stability. So if you put your hands underneath your shoulders, but slightly wider with your fingers spread wide, it will allow you to essentially screw your hands into the floor. You wanna think of creating a corkscrew effect with your hands against the ground. This gives your shoulder stability to hold its position in the socket, okay? If you perform push-ups with your elbows flared out to the side, there is a reduced amount of stability within your shoulder joint. No bueno. So the fingers are spread wide to cover to cover a larger surface area. If your fingers are together, if you just put your fingers together and put them on the floor, if you had a piece of chalk and you draw an outline of your hand and fingers versus spreading the fingers, splaying the fingers and spreading them really wide, you would cover a much larger surface area with your fingers spread wide, thus producing more force and more stability against the ground. I'm getting technical, but this is so you actually understand each component of a fundamental movement, which is the push-up. Hands under the shoulders, fingers are spread wide, slightly outside of shoulder width. Your feet are together or hip width apart. I want you to imagine that you have a tail. So you are up onto your hands and you are supporting on your feet as well. Imagine you have a tail, you tuck that tail slightly between your legs, which tucks your pelvis slightly and you will feel your abdominals light up. You also need to brace your stomach muscles for a punch. So we are not sucking the belly in, you are actually expanding out 360 degrees. So you take a breath in, you brace your stomach for a punch or as if somebody's gonna kick you in the belly, then you pull yourself down to the floor and then you push the floor away to get back to the top. Now I chose that word specifically. You need to pull yourself down to the floor. You are not just dropping. You are not letting gravity do the work. You are using your muscles. You're pulling muscles to bring yourself to the bottom. This will help with shoulder blade retraction, bringing the shoulder blades together. And then as you press the shoulder blades, protract. They separate. There you have your push-up, my friends. So we understand what it's called. We know what joints are involved. We know what muscle groups are involved. You understand why it's in your program, and then you are learning how to do it. Piece by piece, you are putting together the puzzle that is your training program and how it actually relates to you achieving the goals that you have. This is my thought process as a coach. I don't just pick a handful of exercises together and slap them on a program and say, let's fucking go. That is what a novice coach does. That is what an amateur does. I take my role as a coach seriously. I am a professional and I take the time to do it so my clients can get their absolute best results possible, but also so they can stay healthy and injury free. Because you're if, if you're injured, you can't train. And I know firsthand, I'm currently still working through a long standing injury and it feels awful. Being injured, not being able to move the way that you want to, not being able to do the things you love to do, fucking sucks. It sucks balls. I fucking hate it. 
And I know many people who have had niggling injuries or are at the point where their body is letting them down simply because they haven't taken the time to work on their technique. Okay, just to give you a bit of context on my injury. My injury uh, is an overuse injury. Uh, it is attributed to sport, and I also blame the coronavirus a little bit because we had a pre-season. My pre-season actually went fantastic, and then we had a three-month break, and then we came back, and we're kind of back into the swing of things very, very rapidly, and it was probably too much for my body too soon, and here we are. Anyway, I digress. Lifting weights. Strength training, resistance training, it can be bad for you if you do not take the time or invest your efforts on correct lifting mechanics. So for the clients at Fuller Strength and Conditioning, we use a progression system. Everybody follows it. These, this includes beginners who have never lifted weights ever before. To people who have been working with me and coaching for many years, everybody uses this same format and this same principle. Nobody escapes these solid principles because they are principles. These are not methods. These are based on science and on facts of what we know to work for quality training and longevity. There's a very simple way to follow it. It is a step one, step two, step three system. Okay. This applies to everybody, regardless of their goal, whether it be building strength, whether it be fat loss, whether it be increasing fitness and work capacity. Okay, whatever your goal is, it doesn't matter. Everybody adheres and follows this principle because it works. And if you don't like it, you can get out and you can find a different coach. Because if you keep up using incorrect technique, it is only a matter of time before you get injured. Because that is a consequence of incorrect technique. And by putting your body under load in positions that are not appropriate for you and repeatedly performing them. My role, educating you right now through this podcast and in person with my coaching, my job is to teach you the right way to do things. And this is what it comes down to. There's three letters, M, C, I. M is mechanics. This means that you are using the right joints. It means you are performing the right action and you are using the right muscle groups, group or groups, depending if it's a compound movement or isolation. So are you doing the right thing? Are you using the right muscle groups and are the right joints being engaged? C is consistency. This means that all of your reps look and feel the same. So mechanics is first, consistency is second. Things look and feel the same. Maybe they just feel a little bit harder as you fatigue. That's fine, that's normal. But the standard and the quality of the movement remains. Just because you're doing 20 reps versus five reps, why would the, te why would the technique change? Why would I ask you to do things differently? If you've done five good ones, cool, just do more of them. Nothing needs to change. Your focus is then on, I've just got to keep doing what I'm doing. I've just got to keep doing the same technique, rinse and repeat. And then the third step is intensity. You do not go past go and collect $200. 
You do not get to advance to something more difficult or a higher level of progression until you can demonstrate the correct technique over and over again, period. This is where people want to try and take themselves from the level of a beginner to the level of intermediate or advanced. Just because you've been training for six months, three months, three years, 10 years, it doesn't mean that you're actually advanced, especially if your form isn't up to scratch. I have people who have big goals. I love it. It's fantastic. I love it when people say, I want to squat one times body weight, one and a half times body weight. I want to deadlift two times body weight. I want to be able to do five chin-ups. I want to be able to complete an obstacle course race. That's awesome. It means we're going to have to use progressive overload over and over and over again, gradually improving week after week, month after month. But you're only going to get to that level if you can demonstrate the correct technique because I want you to move as efficiently as possible. I want you to use the right joints so that the joints which shouldn't be used can take a break. So they don't have to be used until they are called upon. This is efficient movement. And my question to you, listening right now, if you are not focusing on technique when lifting weights, what the fuck are you focusing on? Where is your attention and what is your focus on if it is not on your technique? Doesn't matter if it's a dumbbell, barbell, kettlebell, sandbag, if it's a ball, or if it's a tire, or a bodyweight movement. Treat it with respect. Weightlifting can be as safe or as dangerous as you make it. It really comes down to your attitude and your mindset when performing exercises. And this is where it doesn't, it's not always about go, go, go. My clients regularly enjoy, and I use the word enjoy because they do, enjoy two minutes, 90 seconds, and one minute rest periods. When developing strength, you need rest periods. So when it's time to go, when it's time to do your four sets of five reps, or your three sets of 15 to 20 reps, that is what you focus on. In the rest period, you can switch off, relax, recover, shoot the breeze, that's fine. That's exactly what the rest period is for. But not when you're doing the work. Don't take your eye off the ball. That is no time to switch off. That is the time to switch on. If you wanna remain safe and free of injury, practice excellent technique. You don't always have to go balls to the wall and smash yourself into the ground. Treat your training as a practice. Today I'm doing squats, excellent. I get four sets of five reps to practice my squats. I want them to be the best squats I've possibly done. I want to refine it. The fourth set should look and feel the best. I've greased the groove. I've practiced the movement. I've got rid of all the shit reps. And now my last few sets and reps are crisp. They are quality and they are to the standard that you know and I know you are possible, uh, you are capable of achieving, okay? Practice excellent technique from the time that you walk in the door, from when you begin your warm up, when you practice your sets, and then when you carry on into your working sets. From start to finish, work hard, not just physically, but mentally as well. There is a huge neurological connection between you and the exercise and movement patterns that you develop. 
If you practice shit reps, your body will remember those shit reps and then they will be your new normal. Unless you hardwire the connection from your brain to your body, this is a good squat. And actually demonstrate it that it's a good squat. Your body remembers how you move. So if you're moving incorrectly, your body's just gonna remember, that's how I move. And that doesn't play out very well. But if you wanna play with fire, if you wanna risk the wrath of injury and being on the sidelines, ignore the principles that I'm talking about. Ignore good movement and lift as heavy and as sloppy as possible and just see what happens. I've been very fortunate not to have any debilitating injuries during my 12, 13 year lifting career. And it's because whenever I've let myself get away from the basics, and I've kind of let my ego drive me. That's where things start catching up on you. If you don't catch those warning signals, when they're small, they will fester until they start becoming bigger and bigger problems until your body says, hey, I've told you one too many fucking times, you're not lifting correctly. And that's maybe where you get a little tweak through your back or maybe you get a little bit of shoulder impingement or you know a little bit of nagging pain through the knee, whatever it might be. I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to take pride in your training. Because when you do that, this is going to result in a body which is stronger, more mobile, much more robust, and with better conditioning. You will be able to tolerate higher workloads. You will be able to lift heavier weights. You will be able to run faster. You'll be able to recover quicker. All by doing things correctly. So, my friends, the bottom line is this. Lifting weights isn't dangerous. They are only dangerous in the wrong hands. So make sure that your hands are the right ones. You go in with the right attitude, the right mindset, and the right intent. If I'm doing five reps, these are gonna be the best five reps I've got. Because there's no excuse for anything less than your best. And I, I ask my clients, you know, how did that set feel? And they'll tell me, yeah, that one felt a bit off. Cool, what felt off about it specifically? Okay, need to adjust this and this, excellent. Next set, let's fix it up, let's fine tune it, let's improve it. When you do that, you move more efficiently and you start to enjoy the process of training. It's not always about getting smashed. Any dickhead coach can make you feel sore and make you sweaty, but a great coach will make you better you'll have a greater understanding of what you're doing, why you are doing it, and how you are doing it. That serves your goals a lot better than just feeling flogged after each training session. Lifting technique is priority number one. If you loved the wake up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.